from the heart of the Nipty Radio recording studios high above 107 Columbia with both our eyes on the horizon as the sun is staying out for an extra hour every day. Welcome to this week's edition of the Nipty Practice Tip. Today we're going to be discussing legislation by judicial edict. It really exists. So let's get started. The appellate courts have the responsibility of assuring that the lower courts correctly interpret the laws of the state. It is not their charge to legislate. As Judge Harold Burns wrote as the lone dissenting opinion in People v. Parker in the First Department in 1979, the majority appears troubled by policy considerations inherent in the providing of an exemption from prosecution to a person charged with a violation of Section 26503 of the Penal Law, even when the person possesses an unlimited license. Good policy or bad policy? That is what the statute says. Courts should not torture clear statutory language to mean what it does not say, in the dubious interest of reaching a result which the court perceives to be more desirable. The Court of Appeals agreed with Justice Burns, and in their decision, they wrote, Order reversed, an order of the Supreme Court, New York County, dismissing the indictment reinstated for the reasons stated in the dissenting opinion of Harold Burns. Now, while the courts still at times push the envelope in this area, there is no situation more obvious of its legislating than in the context of sentencing of a defendant who is a mandatory persistent felony offender convicted of an e-violent felony offense. The last place you should look in determining the sentencing ranges for such a defendant is in the penal law section that addresses persistent felony offender sentencing, Penal Law 70.08 Subdivision 3, Minimum Sentences. The reason for this is that the legislature has never enacted any legislation enumerating a required minimum sentence for a defendant in this situation. Despite the fact a defendant who is convicted of an EVFO, who is an eligible mandatory persistent felony offender, must be sentenced to an indeterminate sentence of four years to life. See the case of People v. Tolbert, Court of Appeals decision from 1999 question then becomes, where is the authority for this minimum sentence on this mandatory persistent felony offender sentencing? You won't find it in the penal law, and you won't find it in the CPL. Rather, it is found in decisional law from the Court of Appeals. How can this be? Well, let's consider the following. On September 1st of 1979, the sentencing structure of New York was drastically changed, and the violent felony offenses were first introduced along with mandatory life sentences for persistent violent felony offenders. At this time, there was only one e-violent felony offense, attempted possession of a loaded operable firearm not in the home of place of business, Penal Law 110-265-02 sub 4. As interpreted by the courts at that time, this crime only came into play when it served as a plea down from the de-armed VFO, Penal Law 265-02 sub 4. The new statutes called for a mandatory indeterminate life sentence for defendants who stood convicted of their third violent felony offense within the guidelines of the statute. As part of this sentencing scheme, the statute identified the minimum part of this indeterminate sentence for each of the possible convictions, a B, C, or D violent felony offense. But the statute omitted any reference to E violent felony offenses most likely an oversight at that time. In the case of People v. Green, a 1986 Court of Appeals decision, 
this issue of the omitted minimum was placed squarely before the Court of Appeals for the first time. The defendant in this case had pled guilty to an EVFO and was eligible to be sentenced as a mandatory VFO offender. The defense, however, convinced the plea court that the statute was defective for failing to have a stated minimum for the EVFO, and the court sentenced him as a predicate felony offender, a VFO predicate felony offender, but not as a persistent felony offender. The people appealed. The defense claimed in a logical fashion, there is thus a gap in the sentencing scheme that the judiciary cannot fill because it would usurp the legislature's power to prescribe the punishment for a crime, and that, therefore, he cannot be sentenced as a persistent violent felony offender. Court of Appeals had this reaction to the defense position, quote, we disagree, unquote. The court found that the imposition of the life sentence was in fact proper despite this omission in the statute. The court wrote, as observed in People v. Jackson, while the substantive power to prescribe the punishment for a criminal offense is exclusively legislative, and if two constructions of a criminal statute are plausible, the one more favorable to the defendant should be adopted in accordance with the rule of lenity, the core question always remains that of the legislative intent. Examination of that intent leaves no question that the sentence imposed was proper. The second violent felony offender statute provides a mandatory maximum sentence of four years and a mandatory minimum sentence of two years for predicate felony convictions of a Class E violent felony offense. The minimum set forth in the penal law should logically apply to persistent offenders as criminal term held. Any other construction would impede the legislative intent to permit enhanced sentencing for defendants who persist in committing serious crimes. After writing these two rather creative paragraphs, the court wrote, Utilization of the minimum contained in Penal Law 7004 is plainly fair to defendants. Such a minimum sentence would be imposed if a defendant was sentenced as a second violent felony offender. But a defendant is given fair warning that the maximum sentence for a persistent violent felony offense, that of life imprisonment, is to be found in Penal Law 70.08. Note the third paragraph that reads like a no harm, no foul justification for the preceding two paragraphs. The legislature had the opportunity to fix this oversight when, in 1995, it again overhauled the sentencing statutes with the addition of determinate sentencing raising certain minimums, and other changes. Despite this golden opportunity to correct the oversight, the legislature maintained the omission of a minimum sentence for an EVFO conviction in the mandatory sentencing scheme. This resulted in the courts once again having to deal with this omission in the form of appeals by the defense and the people. Court of Appeals, this time in People v. Tolbert, on April 1st of 1999, addressed the defense claim that the amendments to the sentencing laws impacted the effect of the Green decision. Court wrote, Defendant argues that these changes render the Green rationale inopposite, and thus there is once again a gap in the statute which can only be filled by applying the pre-1995 minimum sentence two years. Once again, the court wrote, We disagree. They went on to hold. The courts below properly construed People v. Green as holding that the amended determinate sentence for Class E second violent felony offenders should also be applied 
to the minimum sentence for Class E persistent violent felony offenders. So, when you have a defendant who stands ready to be sentenced as a mandatory persistent violent felony offender who has committed a Class E felony, be sure not to look at the sentencing statutes because you will not find the sentencing scheme. And just a note, as of today, you will find in the Penal Law 70.02 Subdivision D an additional number of e-violent felony offenses beyond the single one that existed at the time of this litigation. Our thanks, as always, to our crack producer and raconteur, Jonathan Marconi Crispino. To all of you out there, my friends, be well and stay ready. Stay ready.